talking all things theatre and events. I'd want to play drums at Eminem at some point. Um, I've also worked for artists such as Black Sabbath, Metallica, Drake. Been part of some amazing shows and I've worked with some amazing people. The Stage Is Yours podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Stage Is Yours podcast. I'm your host, Cal Graham, joined as always by producer Dan, and we're talking all things theatre and events. So today we have three guests joining us on the podcast and we really do cover all things theatre, from the West End and Opera to some of the UK's biggest touring shows. We get into touring life, touring with Matthew Roy's new adventures, and an awful lot more as well. Let's not waste any more time and let's jump right into it. The Stage Is Yours, Erin Thompson, Sammy Woolard and Gaz Wall. Welcome to the podcast, guys. It's grand to have you on. Hi. Here. Grand. Uh, so we've not all been together since a Indian so takeaway in Bradford, right? The four of us? Yeah. yeah. Back in March. I mean, a lot's changed since then. Um, so what are we all up to? Like, how are we kind of, I'm going to use the word surviving. I think that's the best way to put it with nothing going on. Feel free who wants to dive in first. I've, well, I've been I've been doing bits of work for No Adventures the last few months, um, little bits and bobs, which have, which has been great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just doing some filming stuff. I think one of the films was released, well, it was released yesterday. Um, there was another two coming, and we did a little project two weeks ago, which I'm not allowed to say what it is yet. I don't That's think. Fine. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a big secret. Um, but we were back in the studio for like a week and a half, which was great. Um, and then we did some filming for the BBC. And then we got something else next week. <clears throat> so yeah, I've just been doing bits and bobs, which has been a it's been a godsend, really. Um, but before that, I was just playing golf. Nice. It's not all nice bad. Me, <laughs> like it's not the worst worst thing to do in the world. But yeah, decorating. All of that stuff you never get to do normally, do you know what I mean? Yeah, catch up on everything, catch up on everything. Yeah, yeah that's me. So, Sammy, how's things treated you? Oh my God, we're in a complete reverse to Gaz. Um, <laughs> so I was working in a call centre for a little while, which I actually recently left there. I'm not going to name the call centre. That's fine. It's not. Um, it, was, it was nice, but um, I don't think I'm cut out for a office desk job unfortunately so I was like the office desk of the theatre anyway well I only wanted to see job because I got to wear a headset so I felt like I was halfway there do you know what I mean I was like yeah. if I really try hard it's like I'm calling it's just ordering like slippers instead of <laughs> queuing lights um <laughs> on the side I've been doing like a bit of um website development stuff which kind of started out as a hobby and now is becoming a bit more of how I'm paying my bills nice. because of where we're at, but it's cool. It's nice. All right, and Erin through in Glasgow, um, you're having a joyous time in Glasgow, aren't you? Oh, it's lovely. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've not done a lot. I'm not going to lie. I struggled to get a job, really couldn't find a job up until last week. So I am now employed again by Amazon. And it is, let me tell you, it is thrilling. <laughs> thrilling. I love every minute of it. 
I go in with the biggest smile on my face and I come out with the biggest smile on my face. It's fantastic. Can you hear my sarcasm? Get me back in a theatre. But no, it's been quite good um, because I'm actually like, it's physical, so I'm lifting again and stuff like that. So that's been nice side of it. And it's actually something to get out of your bed for. Just get a wide brow for. Uh-huh. And I get dressed and shower and, you know, actually have a bit of a life again in that sense. Um, I do start at, I mean, we are used to working on sociable hours, but starting at half past five in the morning is not really my favourite thing, I'm not going to lie. Oh, for finishing at half five have, in the morning. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we're, usually, yeah we're usually coming home at that time. <laughs> um, so yeah, but apart from that, I have been doing a bit of redecorating because when do you ever get time to do that? Not usually. So we're doing that. at home. Exactly. I I have sanded my full room floor with a hand like mouse sander. So that took me a long time, but I had the time. So I thought (laughs) I may as well just go ahead and crack on with that. But yeah, apart from that, I've not done a lot apart from walk my dogs and that be it. I think we've all kind of, yeah, we've all ended up doing stuff that probably not ideal, but yeah find something to fill the time otherwise I think we'd all go completely crazy which I think we all did certainly in the first lockdown so yeah it's just um Sam you mentioned like side hustles and stuff I feel like for a lot of people in our industry like side hustles are becoming hopefully becoming something that's actually worthwhile so like I think it's quite interesting seeing all of the different variety of side hustles that people have come up with yeah I mean it it's weird. I, I've kind of always been like secretly into, secretly, I say secretly, I'm a secret nerd, okay? I've been into web design and all that kind of stuff for years. It used to be like a hobby. And then when we suddenly had a bit more time, I was like, oh, actually I'll put myself on like freelancer websites to just do like little tweaks and fixes for people. And then that's developed into something completely different. And there are so many like platforms out there supporting theatre workers who are now having to find a side hustle like not on the west end um out of work work there's loads of them out there and all these amazing people have all these talents that you don't normally have time for because when you work on tour it takes over your whole life so that is a cool thing to have come out of lockdown I suppose people like getting the time to focus on that stuff but it's a bit scary suddenly like your job (laughs) I think it's weird yeah. that you kind of, it's almost feels like in some ways it's almost forced that you've had to go, right, I need to find something else that I'm, I would say good at, but that you can actually make something out of. I think there's a lot of people who have kind of ended up down that vibe, really. Have you seen um, Have you seen Emily's jumper? I mean, you must have seen the jumpers, Carl. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And they're amazing. I think, uh, like I said, I'm all for promoting <clears throat> everything right now in terms of that if it's someone's side as well. But I think they're, send them a great message as well that kind of proves our point really she hasn't um, asked to plug that by the way <laughs> just the um the earth, the earth without art is just eh yeah, yeah I love it's, that. it's amazing like, that is class you don't realize they are um what what other things people get up to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. the, yeah, the talents that you've noticed on that um west end waiting especially yeah. the amount of like other talents that people have and you go you can do all those things on stage whatever we do you know prancing about and all that mm-hmm. and then um 
but also you've got all these hidden talents of stuff that you make and I've seen some really cool like well I'm going to start making mm-hmm. candles I've ordered lots of five kilograms of wax I'm going to start making candles wow but I mean that's, we'll, we'll right, that's go my it. side hustle it's going to be my new side hustle <laughs> it's something I think a lot of people they've always talked about doing something or I've gone mm-hmm. oh, I've never I've I'd like to do this and now it's kind of suddenly you've got the time to do it absolutely do it I think for a lot of us we're all kind of sat around waiting hoping that in first lockdown that something might that it wasn't going to be what it is but here we are what eight months later still sat waiting really Um, yeah it's crazy remember in Bradford we were saying like oh see you guys in a month yeah I would have said actually (laughs) goodbye to you do you know what I mean I know see you in a couple of weeks I know weird wasn't it it was almost like um like a bit of a joke Oh, yeah, we like went out for the last meal. Like, we'll be back soon. Drinks, cheers. Huh? cheers <laughs> shouldn't, have, shouldn't have went for that, Curry. We should have really saved our money, shouldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> we got one more like night of drinks because obviously we had to put it all back on trucks in that joyous day that was trying oh, to figure God. that out. That was the strangest and... loadout of my whole entire. And theater. everyone had, yeah, everyone had different agendas. Some people were loading it because some of it was going to go obviously onto shipping containers. So someone had that plan. Rich Mentz was determined that it was going on in such a, he had a really <laughs> pessimistic view. He loaded the lighting truck as if it was, that was it. <laughs> he literally loaded it and said, if it's cancelling, I want to unload it. And I, we were like, really? Nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, it was the oddest day ever, I think, yeah. in a theatre. And then just emails coming throughout the day kind of going, okay, it's not just next week, it's... Mm. yeah i think it ended up being three weeks think, so it was, the funny thing about it was also trying to kind of you're trying to keep it moving obviously our role was to keep it keep the loadout moving and keep the crew kind of motivated and things but it was that kind of funny feeling of well none of us are really sure about our jobs now yeah. and the whole kind of motivation side of it was non-existent in that sense everyone was just kind of like all right also doing a loadout after literally just fitting it up the crew must have been like Oh come on now! <laughs> it was the strangest. I can remember getting yeah. I remember meeting the head of stage at the time afterwards, and he literally goes, "Ah, oh, we're like we're ahead of ourselves. We've unloaded half of the props truck." That was the first thing he said to me at like six, seven o'clock Monday, Sunday, Monday night. It'd have been, and Monday. then literally, I think about ten minutes later, we got the phone call, and we go, "Well, you bet you wish you hadn't bothered to unload all that now." <laughs> but uh, Monday night it'd have been, and then literally, I think about ten minutes later, we got the phone call, and we go, "Well." you bet you wish you hadn't bothered to unload all that now but um yeah it was it was just a it was one of the strangest days kind of yeah no one quite knew what was happening quite how long it was going to be like you said and we all assumed it was going to be a short little break but yeah that's turned it so much longer so I mean you we touched on it podcast and now we're turning this it started <laughs> out as just a random conversation traveling between two cities and like I said are. I've just yeah, I've had to have something creative going on. I couldn't just kind of sit and do uh, what I'm calling my uh, stopgap job uh, and not have something, especially when it's mostly night shifts. Um, which is great for me. Try get lots of time to sit and plan and create things on Photoshop and do that because it's, yeah, at four or five o'clock in the morning when you still have to be awake, it's find something to do. But um, we touched on it there that, like I said, um, we're all kind of in slightly different situations as much as we were all touring together we've all kind of come away from it and 
this is a slightly potentially sore subject really in terms of the support that we might have had that we might not have had through the whole kind of process and I think it kind of the fact that the four of us were all on tour together we all work together in that sense yeah I imagine we've all kind of fallen in a very different gap in terms of what was out there what help we have received and kind of that so I think it's quite it'd be quite a nice image to post really just the fact that the four of us were essentially in the same boat with a job quite happy yet I imagine we've had four very different experiences of the support that was available well yeah I think we are definitely very different to um, Sammy and Gaz Um, you guys being stage management and with equity contracts and us being PAYE like we were lucky enough to um, get the furlough scheme for a while but you guys didn't get any of that, did you? No, no um, but we have obviously managed to get some help from the government the kind yeah. of few times that that's happened. That mm-hmm. was strange because obviously like, I live with my partner who was also on the tour and like explaining it to my parents, they didn't really understand how it's different between the unions because he was still yeah. on stage and they were like, but why aren't, why aren't you getting paid? Like you work in technical theatre. I'm like, it's just the way that that line yeah. falls like... You know, we're a performers union. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works in the favour and some on this occasion it didn't. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like several months before when we were working on the performance that was being filmed, it was in our best interest to be with equity. You know, Absolutely. it's just, unfortunately, it's just the way it swings in it in a situation. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that's it, isn't it? <clears throat> I think New, like, New Adventures did the whole... Um, like they paid us, they kept paying us for a few weeks, mm-hmm. which was great. And then there was, you know, when they when they did the furlough scheme, I think all the self-employed folk just across the board, no matter what industry, were like, well, what about mm-hmm. us? You know what I mean? Because there was no kind of um, nothing put in place at that point. So obviously everyone was kicking off. And then they did the self-employed grants, which me and Sammy both received. I think the majority of the company did like the performers or whatever I think <laughs> we were quite lucky in that sense but and then there's, there's the next one coming up I think at the end of the month um I mean it, it's almost like you are playing catch up with the furlough mm-hmm. people um but it's great if you got it the self-employed scheme but then there's people that just didn't get it yeah there's um, so many people that didn't as well I know. yeah it's like first years the graduates yeah because you come out of training and you land like maybe quite a big touring job as like your first gig and you think oh my god this is amazing I've really landed on my feet here like Mm -hmm. you know you've just signed a 12 month 18 month contract but just because you've not actually been able to complete that first tax year yeah it's really uh it's absolutely thrown you to the yeah what's that phrase thrown you to the thrown to the wolves to the wolves isn't it Wolves, lions, lions. Lions. <laughs> well, it was lions. <laughs> lions <laughs> Sharks, whales. Lions. Lions. Well, Run you to the lions, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's a animal. Yeah, new adventures have been really good at like, I don't know if we all get the same emails, but obviously the people that are self-employed, they've kind of been putting the information in our inbox. Yeah. Like, oh, there's the flea bag scheme. Yeah. Like, there's this coming. Like, yeah. Yeah, they have been so supportive in that sense, keeping us all up to date constantly. And whenever they had new information, we had new information as well. Yeah. 
So we had yeah. good support from them, I feel. I, think I can't speak for, well, for a lot of companies, but like having colleagues that work for <clears throat> for different producers, I'm not going to name names, but um, they've just been <clears throat> completely shafted. Yeah. A lot of people just, you know, not even been offered the furlough. Um, yeah, I've heard that as well. It's pretty bad, but I think some producers have just cut and run. But I think on the whole, people have been all right. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to say, in it? Because everyone's going through different, like, stages mm -hmm. of support or... It's crazy. Some people just get, you know, I've had that mix of self-employment and PAYE and they've not qualified for for anything, which is nuts, really. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I absolutely echo what New Venture from uh, myself and Erin's point of view in terms of that. They did everything they could to kind of keep us on furlough as long as our contracts even would allow. I think they even extended it beyond the point initially of trying to go, well, you would be with this, this as long as we can. And so the support from them was great on that. And then as soon as that finished, I mean, we still are, we all are still getting emails from them, kind of keeping us up to date. There's this, there's that kind of involvement as and when we want. Zoom quizzes were a thing and they're obviously bringing those back as well to keep us all just somewhat oh, sane yeah. in these. They oh. also ran the um, mental wellbeing um <laughs> Sorry, I completely <laughs> lost, lost my train of thought there. They, they were running mental well-being courses via Zoom for everybody, and that was in like recent months. And I thought that was very, um, like cons cons considerate of them, yeah. like very very nice of them to do that because it's they're obviously looking. It makes you feel cared for, doesn't it? And they're looking after everybody in that sense as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for me because I've obviously been around um around the guys again recently like especially the creative team and stuff like that and yeah people from the office they, they are constantly um finding ways or trying to find new ways of of helping people um and keeping people going especially like the younger dancers and stuff like that and um mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult for for the, the technical team because um you know that you're not nurtured from like the age of four. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you train to, to get your job and then you, you're out there in the world. Whereas it's nice to see that they're still trying to bring the talent through and stuff like that. And Well, and they've been supporting like a lot of the dancers in this time have been finding, I keep saying side hustle, but you know what I mean? Like a couple of the dancers are doing like personal training stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the dancers is doing more like developing makeup and photography and stuff and new adventures have been like behind them yeah. and helping actually fund their like further study mm. which is amazing like yeah it's really really good i don't know i don't know many producers that would do that no <laughs> i think it's not i think you could go even further saying even just companies who in general i don't think if their staff are on furlough and bits and pieces full stop have gone that far to support staff and when you think about it in terms of on paper none of us are currently apart from obviously yourself Gaz is still doing bits and pieces have any kind of employment from new adventures in that sense I think yeah. what they're doing is um, is Incredible. ridiculous really and kind of mm -hmm. yeah not many going from that well let's kind of lighten the tone because it's, <laughs> it's one of those we, I'm sure we could spend hours talking about it and kind of how it's impact us now it's all pretty shit to be honest uh but that's not the fun stuff. But that's not kind of that. So uh, let's move on. Let's kind of try and explain what 
so obviously we were all out on tour together um of doing that i think for a lot of people when you say you're out on tour and i get it now and having gone through numerous job interviews and have to try and explain what being on tour is um i think for a lot of people it's kind of ah you're in a band um yeah and it's kind of that when you go no not exactly so i just tell them i'm in a band or they say oh you're an actress you're an actress and i'm like mm. yeah that one you're not yeah. no no <laughs> <laughs> it's always taxi drivers in it you just need to go like, aye, aye, yeah, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. agree with them <laughs> not long accept it and pretend you're playing the lead um but so <laughs> i think like trying to kind of explain to people really kind of what is it like for for us and for various different people because i think we all kind of tour in slightly different kind of ways everyone's got their how they kind of make it work for them really so yeah let's try and open up the world of touring life in the sense of living on the road in a different city every week well so I'm, I'm assuming people who are listening would know kind of if they're like interested in theatre anyway they well I would hope they're interested in theatre if they listen to us talk <laughs> um, but so like we tour around the UK and Ireland mostly mostly the UK though um, for me I am always pretty much always away from home I'm very rarely there's only really two big ven- big touring venues that uh, shows would tour into which is Glasgow and Edinburgh so obviously I'm based in Glasgow so being Touring into one of those venues is great for me because I'll get to go home. But apart from that, when we're on the road with things, I'm very rarely able to just nip home in between. Like a lot of people who are from down south get to do. Like if, And also I don't drive, unfortunately. That's my own fault. But <laughs> if I drove, maybe I would get home a wee bit um, more. But yeah, so uh, I, I personally really, really enjoy touring. I think it's good, like being in a different city every week, meeting new people every week. It's really good fun. And uh uh-huh, you just kind of get on with it though. You get in a swing of it and then it's just kind of normal, isn't it? It just becomes normal to you to be somewhere different every week and be living in a different house every week yeah. or a different place, which you kind of forget. I keep forgetting that usually we would be in Mrs. Miggins. Oh. Or self-contained. No gas. No, Mrs. Miggins. No. No, I don't. I don't. You mean like, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with touring. I didn't tour for quite a while, um, and then I got offered Swan Lake, and I was like, oh God. I don't know, because it was a tour. And I'm not talking for about four years, I think. Um, and the last kind of time I was away, I was away in China for like a, quite a long time. And I came back and then just went back to the West End or whatever. So I was a bit like, oh, do I want to go back on tour? Do you know what I mean? Like in my sort of mid 30s, I was like, oh. But then once you get out there, you do, you just kind of, it just falls into place again. Do you know what I mean? I think when I was younger and I was touring, <clears throat> you know, I never drove anywhere. I didn't, you know, I didn't sort of have that luxury. So it was like public transport, trains, like lugging all your stuff around. Lugging all your stuff. Oh, I know it well. I used to tour. I used to tour two cases. 
I used to tour on my first and second tours. I toured two suitcases. Now, to be fair, one would go in the truck, but like I was, how I ever done that and got the train everywhere, I have absolutely no idea. It's mad, isn't it? Power. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys just fill your cars up, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Get your life in the back. <laughs> the wardrobe, innit? Having the <laughs> Yeah, and you are you are literally like sort of mithering people if they can like shove a bag in their car or yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then I think, for personally for me, like the older I've got, and then going back out on tour again. I drove everywhere as I'm driving. Unless we would go to Ireland or Scotland or whatever, you know, get a plane or um, a train or whatever. But <laughs> you do you do end up sort of starting out touring, doing everything on the cheap, do you know what I mean? Like staying in some old Doris's back room. He's got yep. like 20 cats. And then, <clears throat> you know. Some of them are great though, those things. Some of them are like, they feed you really well and all that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had a woman in Cardiff that fed yeah. me well within an inch of my life. I think the only time I've ever stayed in someone's house recently is in is when we're in Plymouth. Oh yeah. Yeah, and stayed at this woman's house, and she's like got this amazing house, and you've got your own, you know, room with a bathroom and all that, and she doesn't really bother you. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to sort of have a chat with her now and again, but you know she'll come and see the show, and she'll be like buzzing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to do the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it eight million times now, but yeah, I know it's fantastic. <laughs> I think on that side of touring, I'm I'm very much like, well, I pay a bit more money to stay in, in my own gaff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, does, it becomes, it gets to a point where you kind of go, <clears throat> you, it is worth, it's worth spending the extra. Yeah. I think that, have your own space and it, even, do you know, the, it's the cooking side of it for me as well. I really enjoy cooking and when we're out on tours, obviously you're just grabbing stuff when you can mm. and we're, we eat out all the time, yeah. I suppose. So... Actually, having self-contained digs where you can cook your own food and just yeah. not have to worry about putting anybody out of place in that sense. Yeah, I think I, I have to replace uh, my own like house on on the road. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you were saying before, Erin, like because you're based in Scotland and stuff. Like Sammy, Sammy and I are both down south. It's like as soon as I can get out of that building on a Saturday, I'm in the car and I'll go home because I need to have that time at home. Yeah, just for yeah. my sanity. Nothing against anyone I work with. It's just I need to like get out of that because when when we're all together, I love that kind of social and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I have to reset for the next week and then go home. No, mm-hmm. I agree. I toured like years ago, and then like Gaz took a big break from touring for like maybe four or five years. And the second time around, I was like, right, that is it. On a Saturday, when we're finished, I say with our get out, we work in stage management. So <laughs> when I've closed the comp book and we've left the building, um, in the nicest way possible, I kind of don't want to see any of your faces again until Monday because otherwise, like, you lose, like, you re- like I say, your real life, the outside life, your people yeah. at home, your, everything else. It really starts to get hard to, like, differentiate. Mm-hmm. and it is you're literally inside each other's pockets so we become like it does sound really cliche but it is like a touring family yeah it's quite sickening though isn't it how close it's great but at the same time with your family there are times when you don't want to spend time with them as well like when you're so yeah. close to people it's almost it's like, being in, lo- it's like being in lockdown all the time just in different theatres every week with less zoom quizzes yeah 
<laughs> oh, I really hope that's not a thing again, by the way. I don't think I can do another Zoom quiz. No. I don't think I can do it. It's all right first. I know it's that now. I know, but yeah. I love a quiz. And then by the end of it, I was like, do you know what? I've literally never done as many quizzes in my life as I have until lockdown. I'm doing like two every week, different people. I know. Mad. Yeah. No, yeah. I think being on tour, you develop a different type of friendship and things like that like you said because you're in such an intense yeah kind of bubble if you like it's so easy just to kind of bounce around them um, and uh, speaking from my and Aaron's point of view we were quite lucky on this tour that our day off was a Monday so which is same for you guys so actually it kind of meant that we would finish Saturday nights and then actually we, we had travel Sunday but we'd have a little bit of time to kind of chill and get there whereas for a lot of people on the tour it was finish Saturday night travel Sunday oh you're back in work Monday as yeah. well so it's it kind of for them there was no kind of real break whereas for us I think we looked out a little we bit get, we get a day off in the week anyway so it doesn't matter yeah true very true I'm, I, yeah, I make that sound like they don't but... uh-huh, exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but... I don't know we used to have our cultured Mondays cultured I Mondays we go and what did we do in pottery painting in Liverpool yeah that was really that was, I think that was my favourite culture Monday I drink regularly uh, what did I make? Oh, I done a teapot for the Taninis. Yeah, it's great. Teapot. I'm sure they drink. I hope they drink tea out of it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tanya took one look at it and went, "Oh, <laughs> put that at the back of the show. Put that at the back of the show." Did quite a lot of escape rooms, stuff like that. Escape like rooms, aye. Escape rooms are a great one. I ha- I couldn't tell you how many I've done now, though. Like I've done escape rooms since I started touring. So and there's always that way you go back, you go back to one on a different tour and you're like, oh, have I done this one already? Have I not? And you're just okay. gonna do that. Oh yeah, not 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 done it before. And then sometimes you're like, oh I have actually, I know what <laughs> what goes where. Something actually happens to Erin in an escape room where it's like <laughs> you see Erin's alter ego come out. It's like Jekyll and Hyde, like this is <laughs> we're getting now. Lush. Erin in an escape room is like <laughs> that I have never experienced. Where was it we didn't get out? I'm just a little curious. We let her down. We let her down. I like how I've been forgotten about on this one. (laughs) It was you, Cal. It was your fault. It was was not my fault. No, no, because you... You were like, oh, no, 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 it's nothing to do with the clocks. It's nothing to do with the clocks. What the fuck was it to do with? It was to do with the clocks. No, it was... was, There was was someone else with her. It was Shiv's boyfriend. You're going to blame Shiv's boyfriend, but it was not his fault, it was yours. And, I'm sorry, but he was a first-time escape roomer, and as a as a veteran escape roomer, yeah, you should have been pulling your socks up and actually getting the business done, but no, we didn't get out because of you, Cal. It was all your fault. I felt yeah, that. that was Manchester, and that was the first one that I had not got out of in about two years. So I'm just going to put that out there. And I hope you feel bad. <laughs> You've never done an escape room? No. Oh, Gaz, get a grip. Not interested. <laughs> you do the Harry Potter one in Edinburgh where it's potions and it's just basically making alcoholic drinks. Never seen Harry Potter either. What? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what that. I mean, it is Monday. I'll see you all on Monday night for a drink. That's that's my like level. So, let's say we get to tour all, all over the UK. Um, what are your favourite places to tour to? Because we've all got them. Newcastle. Newcastle's, oh, yeah. Newcastle's a good one. Newcastle's a hoot. The crew are amazing, like good fun. And the place is in general is just so much fun as well. And that's great. I like really good, 
think Edinburgh is because it feels a bit like a holiday because sometimes you get to go on a plane so you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah the worst plane in the world <laughs> just offended Erin by the way though suggesting Edinburgh over Glasgow to be fair mate Glasgow's <laughs> also absolutely banging I just I like there's something about a night out in in Scotland and the vibe up there it just feels nice it feels like a it's alright for us isn't it it's 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 and Wales. We're, we're over the border so we're, we're practically abroad anyway yeah <laughs> better up here it's better sometimes yeah I don't I don't know what my favorite place is I it changes I think I think Newcastle definitely is up there mm-hmm. um they've got a really nice kind of area for us in there as well like their green room and stuff's just really nice to yeah. it's a very I nice place to walk I like the, yeah I like the venue I mean it's not the easiest place to work in but no it's nice like the crew are great mm-hmm <clears throat> the pubs That's are I don't I think obviously I've got to say Manchester because it's I do I do like Manchester I love going to Manchester actually but again Manchester on it yeah 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 well you've got to say Salford you've got to Salford don't you I know yeah, but sorry, being at the Lowry though that's the thing about being at the Lowry is you're kind of out of the way whereas if you tour into the palace or mm. what's the other one the opera yes, yeah you're more kind of central I, do, I love Bristol as well yeah, Bristol's Bristol, Bristol really reminds me of Glasgow, though. I think that's why I love it so much. Like, because it's so hilly. People wise, ah, uh, it's really hilly, and like everybody's just kind of like, Ooh. everyone talks a bit weird. Yeah, they all talk a bit funny, just like yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Bristol because they make quite a fuss of us. Like on our opening night, we always, I like it when like a theatre is makes a bit of a fuss. Yeah. Oh, what about last time though? We didn't get a cake last time. Livid. No. That is the first time I've been there and not got a cake. I was a rag. They normally do like local ciders and stuff as well. Like mm-hmm. they knew a pandemic was coming, so they uh, buttoned down. Yeah, put the money away. Bristol was one of the more recent ones, wasn't it? That was before. Was it like two weeks before. before Wimbledon was the last. Two weeks before. Yeah. 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 Wimbledon's always good to tour to because I live around the corner. <laughs> It's a weird vibe though when you tour into Wimbledon because it's like whenever you go into a theatre like that, it's the same with Milton Keynes. It's a less of a sociable week because people. Yeah, tend there's to so many people at home. Yeah, that's when that's the weeks that I have no friends because all you use live down south and like go home and then I'm like, ah, yeah. someone be my friend. No, do what I go for a pint? No, you're all going home. Okay. No, you're making a nice friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't pinpoint a favourite. Probably Woking, mate. Woking. <laughs> oh, Woking. The best thing about Woking was our digs. The, oh, they the were ashram, good. They were good digs. Also, when we were in Woking, we done our first. <laughs> Light bulb. We done our first. Um, remember, uh, oh, what was my words? Laundromat. We went to a coin operated laundromat and actually used the big machines and what, put the money mean, in and all that. A laundrette, yeah. yeah. A laundrette. <laughs> what did What's I call it? A laundromat. Stop it. I think I'm in hairspray. I'm trying to be Edna Turnblad here. <laughs> Coin operated laundromat. <laughs> I'd forgotten how stage Erin is. Oh, no. I try not to listen to musicals that much anymore, though, because I do just cry in the fetal position. Oh, so. <laughs> God, really? My mum just tells me to shut up. She's like, You're in my house now, can you just be quiet and stop singing at the top of your lungs? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I think I'll be 
Well, well, this I'm going to play Newcastle. Newcastle, 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 yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle for me as well. It's yeah. a good crack. Uh, so, similar thing. Um, Favourite international touring spot? I mean, touring internationally is a very different kind of vibe. But if you have a place that you could keep going back to, where would it be? Oh. Well, I'm out of this one because the only international place I have toured to so far is Dublin. <laughs> and Dublin's, I mean, it's not really, but technically it's international. So yeah, across the water, mate. It's actually that's quite difficult for me. I can't decide between Tokyo and Seoul, I would say, are probably the two that I absolutely love. Like Tokyo was amazing. Like Yoshi, oh, we had this guy on stage with us called Yoshi, who was like the absolute best. All the crew were amazing. Like they couldn't do enough for you. The venue was insane. Like it was just the scale of everything was amazing. And then in South Korea, I'd just never been to South Korea before. And it was absolutely like the social side of it and like the tourist inside of it was absolutely incredible. Uh, so yeah, I reckon. Seoul or yeah. Tokyo? I, I agree. I think, oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough, I, I reckon, yeah, Tokyo. Tokyo is amazing. I think everyone should experience that place once in their life. Um, and yeah, I agree with Sammy. Like, the, the, the theatre was, like, brilliant. I mean, it, we, we was in a different one. We weren't in the, the brand new one, but it was... Uh, it was great. Like we got there and the crew, like it's like they've been doing the show for six years. Oh my god, yeah, it's nothing like it. They like they knew the show better than we did. Uh, it was real. How was <laughs> you know, like how do they do they like study it before you got there type thing? Yeah, so they sent a guy over to come and like see the show, like their production manager basically, and see how it yeah. works. And like we had things like a gunshot and pyro and things like that that they wanted to yeah. suss out for their side. And they obviously had all the paperwork translated, but like you got there and they just knew everything. Like they were incredible. I was like, I've ne we've never had like a Monday, a Tuesday tech as slick as this. Like we could have opened in that tech. It was insane. It was mad, wasn't it? Yeah. You know what it's like on a Tuesday in the UK, like you get to some... <laughs> you know, we're like, offline. <laughs> what, what, what are you going to get? Do you know what I mean? And it's not that, it's, it's not the cruise for Like obviously, you know. No, absolutely. Sometimes you've done the show before or whatever, but if it's a new show, you've never done it. Uh, and this yeah. is across the board and whatever you're working on, it's like, okay, what are you going to get? Do you know what I mean? You've got to do all that groundwork to get them up yeah. to speed in such a, a short space of time. But yeah, you, you would have met Yoshi, actually. He came to... He's a production manager. Yes, I remember him. Like, I did, what venue was it? He came to Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, because there was loads Liverpool. of space. And he yep. came, came before as well. He came on when we were on Romeo and Juliet. He yeah. came. Um, he came then as well. Yeah. So yeah, he he kind of like Sammy says, you know, stuff like the gun we had in Swan Lake and the pyro mm. and um, all the all the paperwork, all the crew sheets and stuff. Like I sent all that to him about six months prior to us being in Tokyo, and we got there and when we actually went to the theatre and um, I remember going in and. They wanted to show me the gun, and I was like, "All right, yeah, great." And we got, and it was literally like for life, wasn't it, Sammy? Yeah. And it was. I mean, at first, it was a bit like, "Oh God, this is." Can we use this? Oh, no, was this China where we cut it? We cut it in China, didn't we? Because it was, it was like a hand cannon. <laughs> it was enormous. I was like, "That's insane!" Like we can't. Yeah, it, we, can't we can't use that. We can't use that. 
It was, I think it was actually like a real gun. <laughs> so <laughs> if I had it and people were getting like, you know, hit with tenators, like with fodder. Oh, what was this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, See, once on um, Jersey Boys, we used to have a gun, and oh my gosh! So I would be, I honestly, I would be standing in the wings with the backup gun in case the one on stage didn't fire. So I was to fire it right, and every single time without fail, I knew when it was coming. I would still absolutely shit myself every time the gun went off. <laughs> Luckily, I never actually had to do a backup fire because I would have missed it quite frankly, or it would have went halfway into the next scene and then I'd have been like, oh, well, they're so loud in your ear, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Sammy had to do that this one, like, with it, when she was doing the uh, soundtrack, like the backup going, yeah, I remember yeah. you verified it, weren't you? I'm not very good with loud noise. Like, I don't like being surprised. Loud um, noises! I would literally, like, jump, even though I'd stand everyone by, like, on comms, and be like, everyone stand by for the gunshot, and then I would still crack yeah. When it happened, then when I had to do the ASM track with it, I was just like, I built up this massive fear about this gun because <laughs> the first time I did it, it like went off in my hands and I like freaked and I was like, that's yeah. it, just horrific. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, and um, Tokyo, I think for me, and I agree with Sammy as well, like South Korea is, is off the scale. That's, that's one place that I was really looking forward to. I've read just, yeah, I'm absolutely like gutted for you guys that so you did it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go to Kangaroo Bar and karaoke. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, China as well. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I've got a soft spot for China because I spent a lot of time there. I've probably been to more places in China than most Chinese people. <laughs> but, you know, as mad as it is, um, I think there's this misconception about China. Yeah. I mean, I've had great experiences there and horrendous ones as well, but... It is mental, like it's it's nuts, but it's a great place to go to. I think it's got better for for theatre, you know, in terms of the. I, I know I definitely noticed the difference in the standard of labour out there. Like yeah, because it's notorious that yeah. Japan are better, isn't it? Oh, I did just like, when it comes to theatre. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, guys. I was expecting to go when we went out there with Swan, and for it to be like absolute carnage the whole time, and it really wasn't. Like. Yeah. The actual theatre side of things was fine. Like, you get some really amazing crews. Just, it's the exact same as touring around the UK. Like, different crews have different strengths. So, yes. some parts are nicer than others. That is such a good way to put it. I've absolutely, I've never heard that before. You can keep that one. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the bank. I'm going to put that in the bank. Yeah. It was quite, it was crazy. Like, it's, it is mad. It was different for me as well this time around because I didn't have to, well, I didn't have to do a, a get in. I didn't have to do a, you know, a 50, 15 day loadout like it was the first time I was there. Obviously, 15 days would be, and being a bit, um, I'm exaggerating a bit, it wasn't that long. <laughs> but it was, it was mad, you know, you're on the back of a container at like seven in the morning and no one understands what you're saying. And it's all, everyone's shouting and it's just like, oh my good God. Whereas this time around, it was a little bit more relaxed for me. That sounds like me in any venue down <laughs> south. Standing <laughs> <laughs> there, no one yeah, understands yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Just get blank faces looking back at me. You can't get that in the UK as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not, when yeah, you start it, being Ouija, that's when people can't understand, and then people turn to me being stood at the other end of the truck, going, "What's she saying?" I get, well, I get Ouija. I get Ouija during a loadout because 
well because I get maybe a wee bit frustrated so I just get a little bit more any extreme emotion in it Erin that's when it any extreme emotion and my proper weed <laughs> comes out yeah. yeah yeah I think um yeah Shanghai Shanghai is good yeah actually Shanghai was cool yeah but it's it depends you know it's, this time around it was so hot Oh my god, I've never sweated from a face. Erin, honestly, like as a now, you'd be like stood still and be like, I can feel sweat moving on me. Oh no, I can't. I can't cope with that. <laughs> See when it trickles and you feel it sitting in your eyebrows and you're like, oh, oh. now, like putting makeup on in the day, absolutely not worth it because it just melts off your face. Yeah. You should have got your DSM sweatband, like a wee tennis <laughs> one. Mate, I would have needed like a tash band. <laughs> Sula, semi had a Sula sweatband. Well, it's outside, but in the theatre it's like an igloo because they got the air con. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Ah, so you just bring a change of clothes? Oh, God, I used to walk to work. Yeah. Walking in. I used to walk to work. I mean, I got a cab a few times, but the theatre was probably, what, 10 minute walk from the hotel? You know what I'm like with cabs. <laughs> so I was like, oh, get a cab. Oh. Have you got aircon oh. in the cabs? No. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, they, smoke, they smoke fags and all that in it, don't they? They smoke cigarettes in the in the cab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd literally walk to work and I'd have to get changed straight away. Yeah, it was really grim. Ooh. It was bad. I kind of the the plus side of not being there with red shoes is that. Wearing that costume on stage. Oh I think. gosh. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, like, like those costumes. costumes. It would have been a killer. Mm-hmm. That Mastercard costume as well. Erin, oh, all that, that, oh, like, all that flannel vin- shirt. <laughs> flannel, flannel, everything. And what were those horrible trousers I had? Those jobby brown trousers? What were they? <laughs> they were like the heaviest fabric I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And we all know that they weren't flattering in the slightest. Thank you for all your wonderful <laughs> of me at the start of the tour that yeah. got put everywhere. Mm. Babe, you um, made it work. What? You made it work. Oh, I made it work. Yeah. Of course, you yeah. wanted it. Yeah. All those moments, all those starring moments on stage. We seen what? you in the um, when Red Shoes Cinema was released. I went to see it with my mommy and I cried the whole way, pretty much. I'm in it. And my mum was like, you know what's going to happen? Why are you crying? I was like, because I'm not working on it. we're not there. Because <laughs> I'm not there right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? It would have been great to, to go away. Actually, you know what? Personally, I was like, oh, we've still got away, you know. I know. I, I thought we might do Japan. Away. Away. I thought we No. And the funny thing is, is that everything's sort of carried on as... You know, well, so. Phantom was on in Korea the entire time, hasn't it? It's not yeah, closed. Dave, my pal Dave, he was on that for yeah. the whole time, and he's the way back. He's the way back out now. There, yeah. uh, Taiwan. Now, Just I believe. I've got a, I've got a video actually from one of the carpenters this afternoon, <laughs> this morning. Sorry, and they're all out there. Yeah. A good time. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's ironic, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because um, no, they were, were they the only show who carried on throughout, like the global lockdown thing, wasn't it? They were the only ones who kept going. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, everything else quite, was quite a claim to fame. You. But hopefully, like you know, like I said, for, for you two, I feel I feel sorry for you guys that you didn't get to 
know. Do that year because the like UK touring's like it's great and all that. Yeah, but when when kind of once you've been around this the circle though, you kind of know it and yeah, it is good. It's still a lot a lot of fun, but the interesting stuff I think and you I feel like personally for me I was really looking forward to international, not just for the like travel side of it, because of course that would be amazing, but for how much you learn. Mm. Like, because it's completely, completely different. So you kind of get a wee bit stale and set in your ways in the UK in that sense. Yeah. Although every week's still different and every theatre's different, so you need to adapt. Mm-hmm. You're still not really getting pushed out of your comfort zone all that much once you're used to it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to going international to see, like, how completely different it was and, like, getting to actually kind of challenge yourself in that sense if you have to kind of adapt to a completely different way of it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's just everything else as well, you know, you've got to adapt to just how, how we walk down the street. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it was like different, There was it different times? There were completely different times as well. Well, they announced the Tokyo show schedule, didn't they? Uh-huh. And Tokyo it was like... Was like... O'clock and then eight o'clock in the evening. And I was like, wow. Yeah, we had days where like, we'd go in and do a show at like three o'clock in the afternoon and then finish at like seven and be like... Oh my god! We had like a like on Swan Lake. We I think we went in for a matinee at like twelve o'clock. Hmm. I mean, it was it was pretty shit for the dancers because they had to you know do class at like six o'clock in the morning. Six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame! <laughs> That's why but, we're not dancers, though. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we do like a matinee at like twelve thirty one o'clock, and we'd be done at four, and then we'd have a, the whole evening, and then we'd have a day off. Yeah, it was unreal. And we were due to be in Tokyo just before the Olympics as well. Mm. So I well, think some of our Olympics, you were buzzing about that. Was, you? That was going to be my two weeks in between uh, before <laughs> we went to Shanghai. I was planning yeah. to literally spend that and just try and see as much. Obviously, travel around, but the plan was to, yeah, if I could have got some of the Olympic stuff as well, that'd have been mm. even better. Like just the chance that you could have been at a foreign Olympics at the time and by chance I know I know that would have been absolutely ideal but Uh, that's it all the all the kind of travel plans that we had for in between we had loads tattoos in South Korea oh I I know oh I'm gutted now I forgot about that me and we're going to go to a Blossom Spa do you know what I mean all these things I was going there to work really hard that's what I was going to do (laughs) (laughs) well that's it it's not a holiday do you know what I mean exactly it's not stacked. When you've got the weekend between, no, that's like like the weekend. What was it? We had was that a week we had in between Tokyo yeah, I think we and we had two between two Tokyo and Shanghai, Tokyo didn't we? Shanghai. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. long. I don't know, last year we had we finished the, the UK tour and then we had like six weeks off when it's summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had six weeks before Japan and then there was like I think about two or three weeks before between Japan and China and then a couple of weeks between China and South Korea. So in those pockets of time, you can do so much traveling. It's amazing. It's already out there. So why not? Yeah. Home, we're like, why are you taking a gap year at like 32? <laughs> like, are, you not, are you doing any work? Like, doing so much work. But like, I'm also like now I feel really lucky because at the time I was a bit like, oh, yeah, you know, is this all right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was literally a get PR. Yeah. Yep, so good. Mm. Love that. Yeah. I was I think I was gonna stay out this year. Last year yeah. I didn't I went home every time. 
Do you know what I mean? So it was like, I mean, I, I, for someone who hates flying as well, I was on I that know. plane. I was on that plane a lot. Um, but obviously, oh, I was a home stuff. Whereas this time, I was like, oh, I might stay out for a bit and have a bit of a jolly. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh well. So let's kind of obviously international touring. It's we're yeah gutted that Erin and I have missed out because you know Rona um, <laughs> ruining more. But um, I think it'd be what would eye open for a lot of people is actually what we do we say we work on these shows um of doing that but i think for a lot of the time i think a lot of people don't realize quite everything else that goes on and quite how many people are involved in making it happen especially at some venues uh obviously internationally but even within the uk i think certain venues are different to others i mean saddlers is a really nice venue to go into with using technology some older theaters obviously we get different technology to not utilize if that makes sense so i think like yeah just kind of a heads up about what we actually do quite how many people are involved in these shows uh what you individually do on a show or roughly i'm aware that's a very broad question depending on what show you're working on exactly but um (laughs) i mean having just done that trying to explain to someone what a technical swing is who has no idea is a nightmare and uh, does everyone hit you with the same witty response of oh you're a swinger Uh, yes yeah exactly that's exactly what i do yep I get paid professionally. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, oh, I don't know really. I mean, but you don't know what you do. No, I don't know. That's, what that's do. worrying, considering you run the full I thing. What like, now? Who am I? <laughs> I Guess uh, what? Stage manager. I think. I think for me, I, I don't know. It's it's weird when you do say to people that like, oh, I'm a stage manager, they go, "Oh, what's that?" Um, some people get it straight away. They go, "Oh right, like so you work in theatre." Yeah. And I go, oh, "Yeah, yeah." Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I don't know. It I, sometimes you you get so bored of trying to explain it. Do you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> it's it's really difficult to explain to people who maybe aren't in the arts or anything like that, or don't really. Because I, I think more often than not, people that you try and tell about it, they just look at you with a blank face as if, mm. right, okay. Yeah. But it, it does get boring almost, trying to explain yourself every yeah. time. I know it like might sound like really ungrateful. You're thinking, why should I have to explain my job to you? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's, yeah. It's, it's not that. It's just you, you almost develop a kind of, um, it's like a speech you've got prepared. Yeah. Yeah, you know I, I always walk out the same thing. I yeah. always say... I, it's like air traffic control, but with humans rather than planes. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. That's so nice. great looking at it. Either that or I'm just really bossy. <laughs> I just tell everyone what to do and when to do it, and that's that. It is weird because you, you can't, it's hard to, unless you physically show someone what you do. Yeah. Like I, I had someone a while back, um, an ex-partner of mine's, um, parent he, he just he couldn't understand what I did mm. like and he, he I think he just thought it was like the magic theatre fairies that make things happen do you know what I mean and that's, well, that's, that's what, what everyone it. thinks that's what everyone yeah. thinks it all just kind of happens and that's what that's it <laughs> uh, and, he, and it wasn't until I actually showed him um like I gave him a tour of uh, Charles working at the time and um 
he was just like blown away by it. Do you know what I mean? He was like, oh my God. And that's when you, that's when you can really kind of fully explain mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I don't know. You do, like I say, just kind of have like a script ready, sort of, you know, tell them what you do and stuff. And it's, yeah. yeah. Like even my, even my family still, like I've been doing this for, I mean, not that long in the grand scheme of things, but I've kind of done it for quite, well, how old am I? Right, so the, like working in professional theatre, I've done it for six years now, but like I've always, always been in and around it and still trying to explain to your family or you say something as a passing comment about work and they go, what? And then having to kind of explain it all over again and like I think it was Liverpool actually when we were in Liverpool in February and my mum had come down for my birthday and it wasn't till I took her round I had my little brother round for a thing she was like oh all right so you do that and you do it and uh and I was like yeah because she couldn't quite grasp see the whole technical swing thing yeah I don't think she because I've done that that was my like that's been my role for the last three tours I've done so I've done it for a while now but I don't think she fully grasped that I like cover everybody's days off and things like that and have to learn every part in order to kind of um I to, to cover the days off so when I went in and I showed her the automation side of red shoes she was like oh, what they let you do that I was like yes they do cheeky cheeky woman but yeah they do like even 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 though what six years I've been speaking to my mum about it she knows but she still doesn't, she still can't fully understand it because I don't think you do until you actually see it happening in front of you, do you know what I mean? Which I, which is why I think it's always good to, if we've got the opportunity for and people, like, you know, you get friends coming to see the show, it does make it make more sense to them once you've you've given them a tour. Like, yeah. friends of mine who have come to a show and I've given them a tour at the end and kind of explained things, understand what I do now so much more than my other pals who maybe haven't had that kind of experience because it is I suppose it's difficult to try and grasp if you're not in it it's well especially because the whole point of my job is you're not meant to notice us doing our job exactly like if you notice us we're not doing it right yeah something's but, gone wrong yeah yeah like my sister came <laughs> to see a show that I was working on and she sat next to the sound guy with a headset on uh-huh she could listen like I gave her a comms pack and was like, do not press any button. <laughs> but just listen. Like, just, just listen. She'd seen the show before, so it wasn't ruining it or anything. But like, so she could just hear like all the channels communicating with each other. And she was like, oh my God, you would never assume that there were that many like people Voices. talking to each other while a show is going on. Yeah. And how busy it can be, like when there were problems that were coming up on comms. But like, she's obviously watching it and going, well, I can't see that happening. Like it all looks fine yeah. from out here. So that was a really cool side of it, I suppose. And also yours is even, your comms are even more difficult in the sense that if we've got an issue on stage and we're communicating with each other, you still, you've still got us in your ear, but you can turn that off. Like well, Sammy would have all channels. So potentially hear everyone. Uh-huh. So if you want to do. But, uh-huh. So you can hear everybody and you can hear all that going on and you're having to listen to that. Meanwhile, you're still having to cue the lampies and the noise boys and get them doing all their stuff meanwhile all this like stuff goes on so I think listening to it must be for someone who's not in it as well or yeah. even like you know when you give work experience people comes and they're like oh, and you're like yeah babes <laughs> what's going on yeah. you know you guys want to see ways 
Um, but yeah, for me, it would actually be more like, I feel like by the time we've got to performance, we kind of know what we're doing and we've got it. And when problems do come up, we solve them quite quickly. Mm-hmm. For me, it would be interesting for someone to sit in and listen to us do tech. Because I feel Ooh. like that is when you're really grafting and like, yeah, that's yeah, probably like the most pressured situation has. And it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested, but I'm biased because I'm... I'd love to publish it. Like have it as an optional extra on a DVD that you could listen to the like listen to the cues watch the show, but listen to what's that. going on. I wouldn't be allowed on comms that show though. <laughs> You'd have to do like a no swearing show. The opera house is like um I think it was called Behind the Machine. And they did like I can't remember what opera it was. It was like one of the mammoth ones. And you could literally tune in to listen or to they had like cameras set up and you could watch like it from the perspective of the lighting team from the perspective of the sound guy you could hear comms you could follow the book you could like and that yeah. was amazing because you see yeah. how many different departments are involved yeah, yeah. So, you know, cool. like, that would be great Callum if you could just arrange that we'll try and sort that out okay <laughs> I'll make happen. a note <laughs> Notice, no, yeah. uh, one of my favorite things was when I was a book cover on my first tour I was a book cover and Everywhere else, I had to do my fancy voice, like my DSM voice. Did you see that wee wink? You wouldn't have seen it, but for everyone listening to the podcast, I just winked, essentially. Um, no, I did my DSM voice, but when I got to Glasgow, I didn't have to do it. Because the, by that point, the other crew who obviously weren't Glaswegian couldn't understand me. And I was at home with my home theatre crew. So I was able to just call the show without my, my DSM voice. And that was quite a... Quite a satisfying moment. <laughs> Never went back to that DSM and we'll leave that to Sammy now. Thanks, She's the dawn. Don. The dawn of DSM. Uh, I think a thing that I get asked a lot uh, through various bits and pieces is uh, obviously we obviously work in theatre and we essentially get one shot to get it right. And a lot of people ask me is, do, do you feel the pressure when you're working on a big show? Like, to get it right do you mean a show like like every single show or just whether that is whether it's just that you feel it on your that obviously everyone has opening night nerves and stuff like that that's fine but i think i know that certainly some people who come and see it go oh well do you not feel like is it not really stressful doing that every single night and having to know in theory you're doing it to a thousand different people every night so you have to get it right it's weird. It's like, I actually really enjoy that. That's why I like doing mm. my particular role because I enjoy that feeling. Like, you know, Gaz obviously, once he hands over to me and we start, like it is a bit of a train. Like once that music starts, you can't stop and be like, oh my God, I need a minute. Like, so it's quite, I enjoy that feeling of like, mm. oh my God, okay, here we go. And obviously that does go, the longer you work on a show, it becomes like second nature and it's really comfortable. It's kind of like that every new venue because you never quite know how well things yeah. are going to go with a brand new team I literally I did like one show where it was a live broadcast um we were in the Barbican and I actually did think I was going to throw up like I have never ever been that nervous in my entire life yeah. like, to the point where I was like you have to have a word with yourself because in a minute you're going to have to talk and you're doing that like high shrill freaky voice you do when you get like really anxious and you feel like you're being okay and actually you're really (laughs) that was like because I knew it was live and I was like you really really like I don't know there was something different in my brain between it being like live 
in a theatre and live yeah. also being broadcast. I was like, that's mental. That me. is different though, isn't it? Because right. it's not just the, the people in front of you. It's so people that do that, people that people yeah. Auditorium, there's then thousands of other people watching on telly as well and you're just like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely need to be adrenaline junkies. Like, I think that's kind of almost why we do it in a sense is the one, the accomplishment you feel when it does go right, which is hopefully the majority of the time. Yeah. I mean, any show I've ever been on it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all messed up. We've all, I've done some absolute belters over the years. I'm not going to lie. But um, that I'm not proud of. But there we are. Um, oh, one of the sayings, though, is I've, I've effed up bigger shows than this. Mm. That's what you just say to make yourself feel better when really you've maybe not. But no, you definitely need to have a bit of kind of, I think the adrenaline side of it is what, what gets you through to the end of it and it's only really stressful the first well obviously every opening night you're all everybody's buzzing and it is stressful because like Sammy said there's a new team and you don't really quite know how it's going to go and even though you've done the tech there's it's still just fresh on everyone's mind so local crews and things like that as much as they might have done something in the afternoon something might be different in the evening with the cast being there or like um because when we do tech not all the time are sorry that was terrible grammar it's not always that all the dressers and things like that are there or the dressers might be in place where they would be in the wing but the wiggies aren't mm. so you might have an extra person there so you bring a bit of set off and you don't have that space that you had in the tech so it all goes like it could it could potentially snowball at that point which is part of the fun of it I think really like you know in, in the wings it's just wild sometimes but you get to the end of it and then you go <sighs> big deep breath and then you do it all again twice the next day so it's that kind of as it becomes muscle memory but at the same time every new venue is that new adrenaline of right okay we're doing this and you kind of have that for the first two days don't you Tuesday and Wednesday you've kind of got that yeah and then it kind of settles in I feel like a Wednesday show is always more nerve-wracking. Yeah. If an opening night goes well, I'm always a bit nervous about the next night because yeah. everyone thinks they know it and they're really chill now. And that's when, like, yeah. things stuff happens to happen. Mm. But, yeah. I, don't, I, I think, that, like, for me, it's, it depends on the show as well. Do you know what I mean? I think... If we're Absolutely. Talking, like, if, it's, if, you know, doing a show in the West End or whatever, and it's a brand-new show... Um, I always, I always find that pressure a little bit easier to work on a show like that that's being created from scratch yeah. than I do on a show that's already established. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, especially, you know, like when, when I joined Swan Lake, I like felt immense pressure on that. Like, I didn't really uh, understand how much pressure I was feeling until we kind of got to tech. Mm -hmm. like you, you, obviously as a stage manager you just filter it out so no one can notice it you know even though you're sort of dying inside a little bit but <laughs> I think because <laughs> because it's a show that's so established and it's got all this aura of success around it and because it's so particular and it's you know yeah. um, and it's Matt's baby it's like oh my god you know this has got to be right um, and when you are stood out front looking into the void of a tech and you know and you're trying to sort of you know keep well you know it's like you're trying to keep it going and you're getting nothing back and you're like 
I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> I'm I, out I, the door. I, I used to joke. I used to joke to Sammy on comments. I'd be like, I'm gonna get fired today. Do you know? What I mean? And it's ridiculous because it's not. Well, it you do feel that. Well, it remember, not, it was not the case at all. It's just because you you're trying to yeah. get this thing right. Well, red shoes in Salford. My first, was it my first day doing the auto I'm on. Mm. Remember, yeah. and I messed up. I messed up the last two cues. Yeah. I mean, I literally like although. You stay calm in the moment mm. and you need to just get on with it and do it and that's fine. Which luckily I'm actually very good at getting it done in the moment, but it's afterwards where I'm just like <gasps> like I was beside myself, absolutely beside myself, because I felt like this immense not immense pressure in that sense, but I was obviously nervous about it, mother. And then I'd got almost got to the end of act one, was just about to do the big deep breath, and then I messed it up and I was like, oh no. And you do, you get all that, like, oh. Well, that's it. It's but you need to, it needs to be inside. You cannot let it come to the surface until until the act is done or until the show's finished. And then you can, like, after that, you can let it out and process it. Yeah. But until then, you do. You need to keep ahead, don't you? You need to just, yeah. like, completely put a face on and keep. But that's the whole funny, I think. Yeah. Like, I agree with Sammy as well, that like, you do get used to, used to the... Yeah. The flow of it, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think for me, like once you kind of <clears throat> start a show, you know, even if you've been doing it for like a year or two years or whatever, I think the longest I did a contract for in time was like best part of two years. And I was just like, oh God, you know, you are just going to work, doing your cues and, and, you, and you're sort of going home or whatever. But then you still like go, oh my God, yeah, there's an audience out there. I you know, almost forget sometimes. Yeah. Whereas I think with, um, and it depends on you, it depends on your role as well, you know what I mean? If you, you know, when I was an ASM or whatever, you don't have as much responsibility as, you know, being a stage manager or whatever. So you, you're not as, um, it's like a different level of pressure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, for me, being a stage manager now, you, you kind of, you are the point man, do you know what I mean? So you, you've got the added pressure of the show and then you've got the added pressure of knowing what everyone's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then you're always waiting for, for me, you're always kind of looking two, three, four, five steps ahead for something to go wrong. So... Can prevent that, it before it happens. Yeah, you're trying to work out every situation in your head and, you know, what if that goes wrong or what if that goes wrong and what would you do? And so that's, for me, that's like the, the pressure I kind of feel on the show. But then you, you, you do, you just sort of, with experience and... Whatever yeah. you just can't, it just becomes second nature, and you just deal with it. Yeah, you know I, mean? I used to get, I used to get really, I used to feel massive amounts of pressure. Being so, first, what was the first first show I was swing on was Jersey Boys, and I had like seven or eight different plots to learn, and I felt massive amounts of pressure because I was like, right, this is a big show, and it is a big show, but. Like by the end of it, I knew every plot inside out, back to front. But it's the initial kind of the fact that you've got to learn them all, but learn them to the standard that the person whose role that is does it to every single show. So yeah. that feels like a lot in that sense because you're like, I need to do it as well as they do it and exactly how they do it, so that nothing changes for the cast, all that kind of thing. Taking all that on board, but then having to learn the next one the next day a different role blah 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 but then you would feel so I would feel far more pressure doing the automation track than I would doing an ASM track 
but that's just because of the nature of it. Like covering automation, you have to be so aware of so many things. It's not that you don't as an as an ASM track, but it's just it's that it's different pressures for each. Yeah. So ASM, you're more concentrated on making sure that the like the scene changes are happening, this all the cast have got the correct props, that like you're keeping an eye on stuff happening on stage and all that as well. It's all that kind of stuff. Whereas automation, it's all the safety side of it, is watching the cameras and making sure you've got your foot on the dead man and all this kind of stuff. Like it's different pressures for different things. So I think everybody like every different role in what we do has different pressure, a different element of pressure, if that makes sense. I think that's Even a challenge next week. Uh-huh. As a whole, we're all feeling it. It's like the, like I have the whole of rehearsals, the whole of tech, like previews, whatever, to like really get to grips with what I'm doing. I always feel really sorry for like, like the book cover. Yeah. Like you can work and you can prep and you can, you know prepare that person but the first time they're going to actually have a fair crack at it is going to be in front of a paying audience yeah. which is terrifying like, I remember learning Gazzy's track and being like oh my god like yeah you've just got to do, do this and there's like this is a show this isn't like a safety net like you can practice but the whole point of his yeah, job don't get dress like, rehearsals for learning the the plots or yeah, anything like that. and that adds a lot of pressure because you're like you you just want to do your best job ever but like adrenaline can do mental things yeah you know and in the moment it will be it's live performance so like something can change so you think well we haven't practiced that like exactly oh, but you just got to do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the bit that's the bit see that that's the stuff that I love of it, or mm. like Showstop, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm oh, I was about to go touch Harry Wood, not like we're doing mm. a show, <laughs> but touch Harry Wood. Not that I ever wish to have Showstops, but when you do, that's when you're you kind of go right. We need to solve a problem quickly. Yeah, sometimes it's a thing when you beat one. Sometimes it's one of those ones where it's just a flying bit or whatever. Yeah, and you go like Jersey Boys. The automation sometimes wouldn't be our best friend. Shall we say? And but a little bit of that on shoes. A little bit of that on shoes. And a little bit of that on shoes, yeah. Ghosts in the machine. Well, uh-huh. sometimes like these technical things are just don't have an answer in that sense. Like, and you just kind of have to wing it and whatever. But then that's when your adrenaline gets going. You go, oh, yes, we get to problem solve now. So like, do you ever find that? Like, you're, you've done a show for so long and then you get, it's like muscle memory, you're getting bored and then you, you've something pops up a problem happens and then everybody's like right this is where this is why we do this because you have to problem solve you have to think on your feet you need to get straight back in about it and just pretend like everything's still happening all right kind of thing Mm. and that's a lot of the pressure but yet that's kind of a fun part of it isn't it as as much as it's not no it's not fun at the time of course it's not fun at the time (laughs) Talking uh, like, stage managers with all the pressure on them. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a oh, well, yeah, you guys have to do that, but don't you? You need to actually write it up. <laughs> I'm generally safe, sat out at a desk, so it's not too bad. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. No one is ever the same. You can think, oh, I've done one like this before, and there'll be something else that makes it slightly different, or yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing for me. Like. I, when they happen, you just go, it's happening. Yeah. It's, it's what, <laughs> it's almost like, 
depending on the group you've got around you, you're like, oh, how's this person going to react? Or how's this person going to react? Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah, mean nobody, nobody wants a flapper in a showstop. Yeah, I mean, I've been, quite, <laughs> I I've been quite lucky the last few contracts where everyone's been pretty sound, but I, I think I always kind of set out my stall quite, quite like sort of fairly quickly in yeah. how to do things. But I mean, I you know, I remember being part of like, being on shows in the West End or whatever, and there's been a showstop and it's just like, all oh, hell has broken loose. And you're just sort of like, well, it's almost like laughable sometimes. Like, yeah, you know, it always gets sorted out. But I think that the, the the funniest show stuff I ever saw was uh, Bodyguard opening. It was our first preview at the Adelphi, and then um, ten seconds, ten what? seconds, <laughs> yeah, the show stuff. Ten seconds into the show. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> I mean, ten seconds, and it was like it was carnage on stage. You know what I mean? Um, but it was almost quite funny. Well, it was all getting so because it was new. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. yeah, of course. You do. You're doing a show, and you've not even had time to even get to the point of like contingencies or like you know. And that is the that is the worst. I think me and Sammy, we kind of try and get us sort of. Ah, you said really. Because <laughs> well, there is yeah. you get to a show stop and you're like. Oh, we might even spoke about this. Well, we nearly yeah. had one. Like, we nearly had one on the opening night of Swan Lake. So you've already got that pressure oh. of, like, oh, my Christ, this is such a big deal, this show. Like, for a lot of people, you've wanted to work on this show for so long. And mm -hmm. it, I honestly, shit, you know, it was, like, the last minute and a half of the show. <gasps> and, like, we'd only just teched the thing. Like, we were opening. Yeah. We hadn't had time to sit down and go, right, so if this happens, it how are we going to deal with that? And, like... <laughs> Oh my god, like why is this happening? This is Yeah, that was bad, wasn't it? Nice. Yeah. It was fine, thank you. You know, we didn't actually have to stop in the end, which was really lucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But from that moment we were like, right, we are making a spreadsheet. Like yeah. <laughs> No, you guys are how quickly we had contingencies from you guys, like and you've done an actual document and mm. I mean personally it's just because I've never had that before and I thought it was <sighs> I'm like, wow, I've got a reference. No, I've had some there's been some belter show stops over the over the years. I think so, you always like, learn from your mistakes, though. You're done bad, I think. Yeah. I think it just poses the challenges that sometimes it's not what's even going on in the show. We've got that's true. Two thousand yeah. people that also might <clears throat> just you be there and give you interesting things. Like I had a show stop once because a cast member was watching a football match in a dressing room. <laughs> I know who this, this person is as well. At, mm, <laughs> time, but they would not bring their phones onto stage to watch the football match and um, so there was a, a number of cast members in a dressing room watching the match and um we get up to a point in the show where this person was meant to enter and i'm thinking well they're normally around at this kind of time like it's weird that i've not seen them suddenly a performer comes up to me and goes oh we have to stop we have to stop because this person um needs to go to hospital because they were celebrating a goal smash their hand up and smash their hand through like a metal grated light in the ceiling of the dressing room and like cut all their hand open and couldn't felt that they couldn't come and tell me because they weren't really meant to be watching the football match anyway oh no <laughs> and we were also in the venue there was no tannoy system because it was a hotel theater this is an island oh well, what which was honestly wow. that was How like even, oh that's like york york the theater in york to do the half hour and the five minute call and all that, you need to run round up the stairs and then all oh, the dressing rooms, shut the door, five minute call. <laughs> this is no style. 
yeah that was that was not a good one that was oh tricky. goodness gracious an idea well uh, i think it's just one of those there's so many people involved in the show at times as well that trying to kind of keep a track of what everyone's doing who's yeah. what who's where when they're supposed to be there's just that has to be that trust element between you all really that you just hope that they're going to be there it's going to be there and happen obviously we, everything's done to minimize it but yeah how you react in that moment is i think you won't you only find out when it happens yeah there's that moment where you're standing ready to do a scene change or whatever and your crew aren't there yeah i love that one all right, okay, yes, so I'm just bringing this big thing off by myself. That's fine. That'll be absolutely no problem at all. And then and then you nine times out of ten they emerge from a dark corner somewhere just in the nick of time. But sometimes they don't, and you are left to completely move stuff on your own and you're like, oh, okay. Thanks, guys. I think it's yeah, the pressure one's a funny thing, but it's I think it's like you said, it's just it's, as we deal with it. I think it's interesting because i feel very much the same that i hate live tv and broadcasting but yeah i work in live theater and don't have a problem with it mm. so yeah i think i i used to find the pressure of the rehearsal room more than the actual performance you know i feel I'm, a lot more exposed in the rehearsal room well yeah you are aren't you i think when you're sort of well yeah when you just Doing like doing a run through in a rehearsal room, I was find a little bit more pressurizing. Because, yeah, because you everyone can see you. you know I know you've got a team manager, like you haven't got a crew, and you're kind of yeah, you're doing like eight jobs. Yeah, yeah. People that start looking at you like, why are you running around? Like, why are you, you know, why, why, you, why are you sweating? Yeah, it's like we're twelve people's jobs that three of us are doing. Yeah, like why are you hanging off a ceiling because you've like <laughs> made some sort of, you know. You know, a window to get it down. I always used to find that pressure quite horrible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, the yeah, yeah. And tech tech pressure for me. That's the that's, I think that tech pressure, yeah. It's like as a crew member, well, part of the touring crew, I think tech tech is stress, but for you guys, especially like Sammy and Gaz, tech is just hectic. As in, and I genuinely yeah. don't know how you guys. Well, I do know how but you do. You just got. You just got to be like. You just got to try and make it um, go as smoothly as you can. Fun for yourself, foremost. You know what I mean. My biggest anxiety is being the reason why the tech has stopped. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a thing that keeps me awake. Like. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. That's, that's that's what you get, you know. Like your name. That's all you hear from yeah. every direction of the stage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've got no problem with stopping. I like stopping during tech because you only really get a chance to fix the problems in tech. So for me, if we, I kind of want a scene change to mess up because I want us to have a few goes at it. Yeah. If it goes well, you tend to just move on. Sometimes you think, oh Christ, you know, we might have just got lucky there. But I like I go all these little things that I prep with my book like cheat sheets and stuff so that if we need to stop I'm like okay right we're ready to start like because <sighs> I don't want it to be me and when it does happen and it's you you're just like I actually want to die like yeah. but at the end of the day it's it happens like they always have it has to happen for that reason exact reason if, you- if we did it perfectly in tech like what would be the point of it do you know what I mean imagine what the show would be like well, so it's, well it depends on the show you're doing and like what what happens in that world, do you know what I mean? Like I've worked on plays where 
you literally just stood there like... And nothing happens for half an hour. You might get one scene change and that's at the interval. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, shows like Swan Lake and stuff like that. We had some pretty horrible scene changes where, you know, there's a lot of weight coming in from the grid. <laughs> the guys, are, you know, they've not got any space to move and you, you literally... I remember when I was teaching Sam in my track and I was like, you just got to tick it off. You know, you know, you know it's coming. So you, you start feeling that pressure of that scene change or whatever. And you do think, oh, what well, all these things could go wrong here. And um, but once it's out of the way, you just that's it. And then you that's just it, yeah. that pressure's gone and then you move on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? My least yeah, favorite on, on red shoes was the um the coming out of Lermontov's thingy with that bloody with what? When we remember when we had to take the plinth off in the dark and the sofa. Oh thing? yeah. Right, and I used to be literally running, oh, you're running. Yeah. all over oh, when I was covering God. when I was covering shift plot, and I'd be like, ah! in cacophony, cacophony. Oh, that's yeah. like And you would always come into the you come off running off into the wing, right, sprinting off. And then there was always, without fail, either crew members standing exactly where you need to go or cast members, and you're like. I don't want to break your toes. <laughs> Get out of the way, and you're just yeah. running straight into people. And you're just like, oh, it's just absolutely. It, was, it took quite a while. And then to Gaz has got to Gaz has got to do that and turn around and be like, yeah, okay, we're set. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear. I've got to go. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's fun. It's of like bits of music from shows when you have a really stressful scene change. Oh, and with you. PTSD. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I went to go and watch like uh, I think it was like the the third Bridget Jones film. And there's a bit of music in that from Meister Singer, which is a horrific opera. And I was watching like the film in the cinema and I was like, oh my God, I'm literally sweating. Like, why can I feel myself getting really clammy and stressed? I was like, it's the music because at this yeah. point in the show, normally I'd be like, oh my God. It stays with you, the fear. Yeah. <laughs> I'll laugh I you still that. Every time I hear a Frankie Valley song, I'm like, oh. Turn it off. Yeah, good one. Uh, I think that's kind of part of it, really, is it's kind of you end up with things that just kind of stick with you, despite it, you yeah. just hear bits and pieces and you kind of bring that into your everyday life. And it's, yeah, the stressful well, moments stick with you. I just wanted to ask this. So I don't know if it's just me, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever show you're working on, I don't know, like, it don't, doesn't matter what it is, musicals, whatever. It's mainly musicals that it happens with, I think, right? Do you ever, when you're on that show, it's all you hear is the songs from that show when you're out and about? Like, see, you know how, like, shops and restaurants and that play music? Do you ever get it that every single time you're on a show, it just happens to be that when you're out places, they play songs from that show? Because I get it all the time, and it drives me up the wall. Sometimes. I don't know if that's just because, like, I'm more aware of it because you're doing that show. I quite often be in a bar and you know maids and servants from Swan Lake will come on and I just think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, you've done ballet for ages, no. I think, I think, yeah, musicals. Like, yeah. Musicals yeah. that happen a lot. Um, you'll get it if you do Nutcracker next year at Christmas, because you hear the Nutcracker everywhere. I've done Birmingham Royal Ballet's Nutcracker a couple of times, and it follows you for months. Because uh, okay. you hear it everywhere. It's on every TV advert. It's in every shot. And yeah, I can't even. I couldn't even like sing it, sing it right now. No, neither could I. But when you get it on the show, it will be, and it will just stick with you if you do it next year. And yeah, at Christmas time, it's 
everywhere. So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Yeah. So I think this is a little bit of a slightly broader question, but we'll carry on with the shows and stuff. Um, and it kind of links into what Erin was just saying there. Um, the differences of just working between ballet, musicals, plays, just quite how much that changes. They all fall under this theatre bracket that mm. we all work in, yet there's a huge difference between it and going into opera as well, which is a kind of whole world on its own. <laughs> I'm to say that, honestly. <laughs> Did you love it, Sammy? I loved some of it. Like, mm. I like, it's so dependent on the actual, well, on the opera itself, because obviously the music, some of the music's really beautiful. Um, but also the director, I think there's a quite a lot of like unfortunate huge scale operas where there's not a lot of actual like movement going on because it's maybe a bit more traditional whereas like if you're quite lucky you get on more of a modern opera or an opera with a modern director who is wants to push the singers to move around more and behave more like music yeah like and that's amazing because then you're busy some of the scene changes are pretty wild but you have like five hours changes are incredibly incredible and they're like in a right of their own completely different aren't they it's it's a weird one like it's just the length of the of the shows and also you can't really sing along because they're normally singing in another language yeah so I just I with opera right I've only really I mean I've done quite a lot of it when I was a Kazi and mainly follow spotting like the scene changes and stuff were massive but few and far between mm-hmm. but follow spotting it I tell you right now it was so difficult because like they're stood still for so long and then so you just kind of get your being stood still and then they go yeah. and then they jerk it and then you're like, oh, okay, there you go, you're away, right? But then also I was that busy concentrating on reading the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading the subtitles that I wasn't, bit like I was like losing focus and <laughs> that's me just showing everybody how good a false spotter I am, evidently. Why I don't do it anymore. But um, no, like <laughs> opera for me is not my bag, personally. I also didn't, wasn't sure how much I was going to be into Bali, but since joining New Adventures and Born and stuff, it's I've absolutely adored it now. I really, really appreciate it, and it's it's made me really, really appreciate it. Because, like as you said, Cal, I'm quite stagey, and I'm sure I will go back to musicals at some point. But I'm like, I didn't, it's I didn't realize how much I would enjoy Bali and things like that. Absolutely love it. From like from my perspective of like calling a show a musical. Or like something actually that New Adventures do, because although it's dance, like there's quite a lot going on in terms of the lights yeah. and stuff. You don't really get many like bump cues in like an opera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like in a play, obviously it's a lot less because it's all a lot, it's normally quite subtle. Um, so there's probably a little bit yeah. less going on there. Yeah. It's probably also the scale of it, how like, yeah. In a play, you tend to have smaller casts. So from like a management perspective, you haven't got to worry about the safety of so many human beings at any one time. Like musical theatre, you tend to have like quite a big ensemble, operas, big chorus, lots of bodies that could potentially not be in the right place at the right time. Mm. A bit more. Yeah. I, I, like, I like being a play every now and again. <clears throat> oh. I wouldn't want to but like, it's just it's such a different dynamic. Mm. especially the rehearsal room because it's so like 
yeah, it's all about them, you know, rewriting the show, basically. I always enjoy that, that kind of uh, process. Um, what have you done most of, Gaz? Musicals. Musicals? Yeah. What about you, Sammy? Uh, opera, I've been opera for like six years. Grand and guys, well, we'll start to wrap this up with our last kind of outro questions. Everyone on the podcast gets asked these three questions. Two are a little bit random. One is a little bit more kind of designed just to kind of end on a positive note. But so first one, you may have done this. I don't know. But um, what's your dream gig or show to work on? That's really hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to what it used to be before I started actually touring and things. I used to always want to work on Wicked because that was my favourite. I know it's so cliche, whatever, I don't care. Absolutely adore it. You do you, but Exactly. I always, always wanted to work on it. But see, the more... like, Because I never, ever wanted to know how any of the fancy things in it were done, like how our broom just like is floating, all that. I never wanted to know how any of it was done until I actually worked on it. But now I'm not so sure that I do want to work on it because I wouldn't want to ruin it for myself, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think my but the one at the like that would be at the top of my list just now would be to be on Billy Elliot. I think that like technically is a really cool show, and I just I really love the show as well. Like I've always loved it. Um, so yeah, I think my dream show to work on would be Billy Elliot just now. That may change, but well, I think I think it does kind of change, doesn't it? Like you kind of yeah. have phases of things and what you fancy. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I like watched Hamilton in lockdown, like lockdown yeah. one. One. Um, and I'd really been quite hesitant to watch it because I'm really grumpy about going to the theatre. I'm the exact opposite of Erin. I hate going to the theatre on my day off because it's like <laughs> a day. I'll go and see something if a friend is working on it, but like it takes quite a lot to get me to be like willing to physically pay money and go and see a show. Because also you sit there watching it and I'm more interested in how the show has actually been put together rather than the actual... Yeah, you sit there and dissect it. Like, it's not enjoyable, is it? You sit and yeah. dissect well, it. is enjoyable, but you do sit and dissect, definitely. And everyone was losing their heads about Hamilton when it first came out. And I was a bit like, meh, whatever. Like, don't really know anything about American politics. Um, and then they released it on, like, on Disney+. And I watched it and I'm absolutely obsessed. But I cannot... I w- I would die to work on it. It's amazing. Everything about it, I love. My yeah. acting itself sick with how stagey it's made me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> with it. So I guess that. But I say, is that same thing? Because I love it so much. Would I want to work on it? No, that's the thing. Because you don't want to ruin it for yourself. And if I had to watch it every single day, because essentially, yeah, that is what. Um, I'm, you know, Jersey Boys was one of my favourite musicals until I worked on it, and I, I still love it. Don't get me wrong; like, it's incredible. But I would never go and see it again if that makes sense. Like, yeah, when you do it for when you do something for ten months or a year or whatever, it it just takes that wee bit of joy out of it, doesn't it? And it makes it that wee bit less exciting. Yeah, it's weird. It's really hard to pinpoint. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I get. Do you know what? I've been asked this question so many times. 
and like also like what's yeah. the best show you've worked on uh-huh. I mean that's that's always like what's the best show you've worked on and that, that's always like a big struggle they're all different well, every, yeah. every do has got a different dynamic as well so yeah exactly I mean look I, I feel so like you know like buzzing that I've, I've been part of some amazing shows and like work with some amazing people and and names or whatever and get to do like you know the Olivier's every year and all that stuff and you just think, yeah, oh, this is amazing. So I almost like part of me goes, you know, 37 and goes like, oh, maybe I've maybe I've done it. Maybe I've done, you know. Yeah. So I think even more so this year, um, with everything that's gone on, I always like I'm I'm more um sentimental about my job, I think, now and the shows that I've done. Do you know what I mean? Like, um but I think I, I think I, I I don't know if it's a show, I think I'd love to work on Glastonbury or something like that. Mm. you know what I mean I've been a few times yeah. like you know it's off the scale but I think I'd love to work on it but then at the same time I don't know how much work I'd get done <laughs> <laughs> true you know what I mean yeah, yeah I don't know well, I, I used to do festivals and stuff before I actually done theatre mm. and I'm kind of glad that I got it out my system then yeah in a sense because it is it's, it's different but it is also I would say it's almost even more fast-paced than theatre is. Yeah. In a sense. But you, that would be great, though, if you could, like, do a stage, because you've got a stage manager role in live events. It's just a bit different. Yeah. I mean, I've done some, like, rock and roll stuff, you know, in the past. And, um, like you say, it is, like, a totally different pace. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, completely. You know, arena jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. And tours, and, like, on the tour bus and all that, and you get there, you get off, and you just, you know. Yeah. That. Still would be amazing though. Yeah, it's it's mad, but yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? But I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go for Glastonbury, Callum. That's gonna amazing. be my, uh, grand. Oasis, the Oasis, Oasis, Oasis reunion. The Oasis reunion. I'll be there. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna phone Nolan. Like, Give a job, mate. Put your bucket hat on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll get one of my 200 parkers out of the cupboard and. <laughs> I'm a... Yeah, the man with all the jackets. Love it. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I love it. So, second one, a little bit, might be simpler, might not be. Uh, what's that favourite post-show or get-out snack? That one thing you've got to have? Part of Stella. I was going to say, apart from being oh, a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's... First one is probably a gin and tonic and a pack of yeah. really hot crisps in the pub. I'm going to say pickled onion monster munch Ooh. and a pint of dark fruits. But if I can't have a... Oh. But what about a curry? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't do a curry every night, but I always want a curry after the show. Mm. When are you ever not in the mood to go and get a curry after the show? That yeah. Is, well, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I'm going to say monster munch, pickled onion monster munch and a pint of dark fruits. Double cheeseburger for me. Mackey's? Yeah. Mackey's. Oh my god, nugs. Oh nugs, yeah. Double cheese. Oh Sammy, we did do a couple of nug nights, didn't we? Right. Final one, ending on hopefully some positive notes. Um, if there's one thing that you know now that you some you wish someone had told you when you first started out in your career and on your path, what what's that one thing that you wish you knew when you first ventured into the world of fear? Oh that's deep man that's deep i'm aware i'm aware but it's kind of it's yeah i think it's (laughs) like for me it's just it's absolutely take 
if an opportunity is there and regardless necessarily of where or what it is, it's jump at it and take it, find a way to make it work. If it's something that you can't say no to, because you never know what that is then going to lead to going beyond, even if at the initial moment when you accept that opportunity, it seems like a bit daft and a bit far-fetched and it's not really going to work for you. But if you never know if that opportunity is going to lead on to something else that can lead to massive work from there. For me, it's probably like I didn't train to get into the industry. I went to uni and stuff, but I didn't do I didn't do stage management. So my a lot of my insecurities when I was starting out was that, oh my God, I haven't trained and I feel like I'm wearing it like a t-shirt that I've not trained and people are gonna just know the minute I walk in a room. Um and I was convinced that like if you go and do like a stage management degree, you get like this secret book that <laughs> like if you haven't done that degree, you can't possibly know it, like as if Google didn't exist or like whatever. Um, and actually nobody really cares if you just turn up and do your job as well as you can and get on with people. Like, to, yeah, I think my thing would be to not stress about how you got into the industry, just like concentrate on being in it and doing the best you can. That yeah. sounds so cringe. Well, I, I, honestly, <laughs> I totally agree. I, I'm the same as Sammy, in fact that I didn't, you know, um, come into the industry as a stage manager or in stage management straight away. I, I started off, you know, from very humble beginnings and sort of then, you know, further along the line, just like settled into stage management and, and did all, all the business that goes with that. But yeah, you, it's the same. You have, there's this kind of like aura of like, oh my God, like, am I going to get judged because you know, I've not done what this person next to me has done. But that doesn't mean to say that they're better than you or or worse than you. Do you know what I mean? You've just got to, like yeah. you said, Carl, you've got to seize the opportunities that come at you. I think it's very different these days, you know, when we get work experience coming and right into me and stuff like that. And that it's almost like this, it's like a begging, do you know what I mean? To be noticed. And it's like, don't worry about it. Like, honestly, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything it's like how you how you take the opportunities and how you sort of you know go about your day yeah how you sort of take in how the industry works and stuff like that yeah how you learn from it yeah exactly yeah absolutely i think yeah i think there's um that that um sort of how do i word this it's like immediate pressure before you've even started do you know what i mean i think you know you just got to take it as it comes and and don't don't be sort of scared to say no to something either mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think people respect that you know some people can just say yes 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 and you know promise you the world and actually they, they can't yeah yeah I would say that be honest if it can't happen for whatever reason just say I'm really sorry but we can't do it quite like this like do not say yeah 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 because people are gonna be way more cross with you they might they might hate you for five minutes yeah they'll love you afterwards because they'll realize you save their time and don't be don't do it and i know don't be one of those if you don't know just say because it's far easier to yeah ask questions ask loads of questions and like i i i did train technically okay technically i did a degree in technical theater but what that degree taught me is questionable (laughs) i'm not gonna lie (laughs) I'm not going to name drop my university, but anyone who went to it will also probably agree with me here. Um, I I felt quite, when I started touring especially, I felt a wee bit out of my depth because 
other people kind of my age or roundabout who were touring as well had been to like Rada and like actual established theatre unis and whatever. I don't know. What do you call that? Like drama schools. Stage, uh, oh, sorry. Drama schools. There you go. <laughs> theatre <laughs> unis. <laughs> drama schools and that, right? But I hadn't, I had... I hadn't had that. I'd come from another uni in Swiss in Glasgow. Anyway, so it's almost though, right, it's quite funny about this. It almost, uni almost taught me what not to do. So while I was at uni, I was also a casual in the Kings and Theatre Royal in Glasgow. And that is where I learned everything. That is where I learned everything that I knew because I was actually hands-on learning from the guys and girls in there who were just incredible towards me. Like they would help me out. And if I didn't know anything, and this is the one thing I would say to people who are just starting out, if you don't know, just ask, no one's going to hold it against you and see if you mess up, if you mess up or you do something that was wrong or whatever, hold your hands up and say my bad. And that will get you so much further than trying to cover it up or worrying about it or panicking about it. Just put your hands up and say, I messed that up. Can someone show me why, like, why we don't do it like that or what it should have been done like or blah, 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 blah. No one is going to shoot you in the face, I promise you. Like, everyone will far, you'll get far more respect for just, well, maybe Gaz will, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, you'll get far more respect if you just admit that you're, not even admit, but just hold your hands up and say, listen, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Mm. Um, I think that's, like the, that's that would be my one bit of advice I'd say if you mess up you hold your hands up because that's one of the first things I was taught and it's done me really well over the years it's done me really really well yeah so and nobody can get mad at you because you just you go I'm sorry I'm sorry and that's that yeah, guys I think that's three bits of three four five load of advice that people can take on and it's been an absolute pleasure having the three of you on um hope you've enjoyed it um and yeah, it's been an absolute blast. Thanks, Megan. Thank you for listening to the Stage Is Yours podcast. Want to know more? Then head over to all of our socials. You can find us at Stage Is Yours Pod, where you can catch a cheeky glimpse at some of our upcoming guests and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure that you never miss an episode. This has been the Stage Is Yours podcast, talking all things theatre and events. Until next time.